previously on Young Jedi Knights. An Ord Mantellian solo family vacation goes awry as a mysterious assassin tries to take out the Millennium Falcon with Jason, Jaina, and Anakin aboard. With help from their friends Zek Breff, Kenekel, Low Rider, and 3DMC, the solo kids investigate the scene of the crime, only to cross paths with the also mysterious young lass Anjamayalu. She wants to kill Han Solo because she thinks he killed her dad, but he says he didn't, so she doesn't, even though we later find out she was hired by the also also mysterious bounty hunter Sizedros, who is leader of the crime syndicate Black Sun, who also wants Han Solo dead, but for different reasons, I guess. <laughs> At the behest of Cezedros, Anya, who is doing armpit spice at every opportunity, convinces the Solo family man to accompany her to the homeworld of Animus to resolve a civil war between farmers and mountain dwellers. Cezedros has planted many traps there, but they all fail for reasons. Using cunning, charm, and blind coincidence, the Solo family resolved the civil war by exposing the dastardly deeds of weaponmonger and late 90s rapper Little Kim. Unaware of Anya's ulterior motives, the young Jedi Knights have invited her to join the Jedi Academy, where Anya and Cezedros can exact their ultimate revenge. What's a crime family? <laughs> I know. I was so close to being able to that, do it all. That exceeded opening crawl and went straight into like an opening just full marathon. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I feel like I just read the whole book. It genuinely again. took a long time for me to figure out the most concise way to summarize the last book. So That was it, huh? That was it. That was the concise way. <laughs> because this is the first part two that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, By the way, guys, what are we doing right now? Is this an episode yeah, that's a happening? Wait a minute. Oh! Are you hosting we just right now? Went straight no, the- somebody else hosted. And I'll... Do we say the intro? Wait, we don't say the intro in this. I've been kind of. We just, haven't been. Yeah, like kind of plugging and playing, like minor moth talking, slightly less delicated, delicated, sli- slightly error less error. delicated, <laughs> lawn from discussion. <laughs> the internationally beloved or regionally loved Star Wars expanded universe. It's more regionally yes. loved. It's uh, it's niche. <laughs> Basically, what we're saying is, our only our family and friends listen to this show. Yes. But Star Wars and, is not niche. Uh, Isn't that what we're talking about? I've no internationally right. beloved Star Wars saga. I've never left Ohio, so I wouldn't know. But this is the internationally <laughs> beloved Star Wars saga, ostensibly, brought to you this week by the loving voice of Jake, who read a book this week about uh, the, the the trouble in the clouds. Was that the best intro that we could possibly do? Yes. So okay. what did you do this about week, Jake? All we ever do. That's true. So um, last month, probably, I read the first. It was not the first Young Jedi Knights novel, but it was the first in a new trilogy. It was actually the 12th Young Jedi Knights novel, and it was entitled uh, Return to Ord Mantell, and if that intro that I did made no sense to you, you should listen back to the previous episode. It still won't make sense, but you'll have more context as to why it doesn't make sense. Um, So I am going to be talking about the second book in this new trilogy, which is entitled Star Wars Young Jedi Knights Trouble on Cloud City. (laughs) Um, I don't know if this is going to be released before or after our Thrawn episode, but I will say the first Jedi Knight book that I read, or Mantel, was a real slog to get through. It was hard to read because the writing was so bad and the plot was so difficult to follow because it just didn't hold together at all. This book, Trevor on Cloud City was a treat. I loved this book. It was so much fun. Now, did you have to get into like the right headspace because you already knew what Ord Mantell was like? So you're kind of if you, if you had dipped your toes into Trouble on Cloud City first, would you have the same issue as Ord Mantell, or was this markedly different? Uh, I would honestly say, just read this book. The stuff <laughs> that was important. I guess what I'm trying to say is the reason why I mentioned Thrawn is because I would rather have a book like this than a book like Thrawn. This book is insane, and it's completely ridiculous, but it's so much fun to read. It's not good. Much like your opinions. I see why you like it. Oh, wow. (laughs) It's not good. It's not a good book. Tossing haymakers out here. (laughs) I didn't know I'd be attacked today by my own friends. Well, you just said said Return to Cloud City or whatever is better than Thrawn. I did not say that. I said I would rather read a book like this than that because this book is... uh, blatantly ridiculous not well written but mm-hmm. we talked about and we, we've talked about it on all of our e- eu episodes which we didn't say that's you what this is. That right. that's what this is e- ew all right guys welcome to the eu oh that's right <laughs> we're, we're all reading children's books basically and <laughs> that's we, the conceit of the show we've talked about how these books are a lot of them are using the young adult label to get away with lazy writing and I bring that up because there is a, a part of this book that I'm going to read because we always try to bring out something positive that we liked about the book. 
there's a passage of this book that is genuinely really good and was full of tension and character insight that I was like, these guys can write a good book if they actually try, which proves to me that they're not trying for the rest of it. But anyway, we should do what we always do. Was this the same the like the Louis Anderson and Rebecca Romaine Stamos who uh, wrote this book? This is, um, I don't understand the question. <laughs> this was <laughs> Kevin J. Anderson oh, yeah. and Rebecca Moesta returning. Close, close they, it now. They wrote Ord Mantell. And Rebecca returns Stamos. That's right. <laughs> and this <laughs> book was written. It hasn't even been Stamos in so long. And <laughs> that joke is. I, I truly don't understand <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> so this book came out in 1998, Ooh. one year before Phantominus. Hmm. And this one, we've been reading the dedication page for some reason. <laughs> this one kind of got me. Oh. I'm going to post the cover, as we always do on Twitter and on the website. So keep that in mind as I read this dedication. This one is for Dave Dorman, whose brilliant cover art has made the Young Jedi Knight series shine. So, now, no, brilliant no, no, no. is no, a no. strong word to describe what these covers actually contain, which are kind of <laughs> warped facsimiles of OT characters' faces <laughs> and like crayon drawings of cloud cruisers and yeah, things. that's so bad. It's really not good. You'll notice their faces are set against clouds and we're on Cloud City, so that was a... Uh... Do you know what it looks like is the movie Gentleman Broncos. <laughs> there's like all of the really cheesy sci-fi covers. Yeah. It looks like that, and so I'm sure it's an intentional style he's going for, but you would think that this book was written in the 70s or 80s, yeah. Yeah. and it was written in 1998. So anyway, where should we start with this? Uh, chapter one. Let's... <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Let's... Uh, uh, <clears throat> So, in, in case someone kind of tuned out your uh, opening crawl... Yeah, like you guys. Just by the <laughs> sheer ridiculousness of your voice, do yeah. you kind of want to give a brief summary of what's it, been going on? I guess the... So, the only thing you really need to know is that in the last book, the, the Young Jedi Knights consist of, um, basically, Young Jedi Knights at Luke's Jedi Training Academy, which is on Yavin 4, which was new information for me going into this series. I didn't realize that's where the Jedi Academy was. I guess I... Did know that because I played the Jedi Academy video game. Mm -hmm. I guess, yeah, it just never really clicked in my mind. But you've got Jaina and Jason Solo, uh, who are Han and Leia's kids. Anakin was in the last one for really no reason, and he literally nobody mentions Anakin the entire time in this book, which yeah. is really strange. His name is never uttered. He's uh, still you, a little kid. He's just he's just a little, he's guy. Just a little guy. He's just a little guy trying to make his way in the he's universe. Like a like a little porg. Guys, <laughs> oh, come on! Aren't the porgs pretty? Guys, have They're you not seen called porgs? They're the, called porgies. The, the sizzle reel from the Last Jedi, where these cute little creatures called porgs are so. I don't cute. think they're called porgs. I think they're called porgies. Are they called porgies? I think they're porgies. Yes. Well, listeners, uh, call in. Tell us what the <laughs> don't call in. Isaac's number is five five five. It's six one four eight two one ninety seven ten. That's funny for one listener who is Isaac. <laughs> I got it, but I don't. If you're in the six one four, you get it. <laughs> in the six one four, I makes me want to barf. <laughs> I just did in my mouth. So few people I understand it. what's happening. Okay, you got Jason and Jaina Solo. Codes, heard of them? Jason and Jaina. You got Jason and Jayla Solo. Jaylo. Jaylo and Jayla Solo. Jaylo and you got Jaylo. Is Jaylo and Jason Manzukis and is Jason Swank? Yeah. Is Jaden Smith in this book too? Jason Pinkett Swift. Nope. I can't talk. This whole this whole episode we should start over. That whole bit all been terrible. I didn't mean to say it wrong. Okay. So you've got Jaina and Jason. You have a one-armed warrior named Tenelka. You have Lobaka, who it was not clear to me at all from the previous book that he is a Jedi Knight. Oh, yeah. Lobaka has a lightsaber, which is a red lightsaber, which is really weird to me, mm. um, just because of what happens now with red lightsabers. Right, but, yeah. Yeah, so there's a Wookiee that's a uh, lightsaber man, and you have <laughs> Zek Bref, Zek who Bref. was a dark Jedi. I, you know... I can't remember at this point. Is his last name Breath? No, no, okay, no. I can't remember if that's a I'm bit saying or it. if it's okay. I'm we are just... so far in the lore of uh, Grand Moff Talk, <laughs> yeah. and it's hard to tell what's real. Yeah. Yeah. Like in the intro, I only used our silly names for them. Um, <laughs> and you have MTD. I never said the actual droid's name. I, I just 
called him 3DMC. Right. But MTD is the droid's mm-hmm. name. I don't know that the droid is a Jedi Knight, but he's no, always with them. Because droids can't use the Force. Okay. Milk the Guys, listen to our Force episode for incorrect opinions <laughs> on uh, Riley's behalf. <laughs> and uh, there's more. Oh, and we have a new entry into the Jedi Academy because the end of the last book, this mysterious character they met named Anja, um, or Anya... I call her Anja, so I can make a spoonerism of her last name and call her Anja Mayalu. I good, yeah, it's very good. <laughs> so, we, so the end of the last book, uh, the whole book, Anja was evil, which we knew she was working for the big bad of this series, who is like a Snoke-like overlord figure who she convenes with via view screen. The entirety of the last book, Anja is pretending to be on the kid's side, but she really is after revenge on Han Solo, even though she keeps not killing him, even though she was supposed to. It's never explained why. She's supposed to be leading these kids into a trap to get Han Solo killed, but she has a lightsaber that she found somewhere, <laughs> so she could have killed him at any time. She just doesn't. In fact, in this book, in, in just the narration, it says she tried to kill Han Solo, but he kept thwarting all of her plans, which did not happen. <laughs> None of her plans were thwarted. She just didn't she kill just him. Didn't ever. do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she pretends to be their friend, and you think that she is actually befriending them by the end of the book. What you come to find out is nope, she's still evil, and she still works for Sezethros, and she is going to be using this position in the Jedi Academy, which the kids offered her to, I guess, kill them, but she keeps not doing it. Um, also, I addressed in the Ormantel episode that she just did drugs with reckless abandon. Cezethros <laughs> pays her in spice. So in the last book, she's doing drugs all the time, and it would just talk about how great drugs are, and they never address any of it. <laughs> well, that is my mistake, my friends. Oh. Because this book is all about her drug Did we abuse. finally find out that drugs are bad? We finally find out that drugs are bad. Oh. And this book deals with her drug addiction in a very big way. Mm. This book has a real message, so a real massage. Really? What What I think will be the best thing to do is to go chronologically, kind of like I did in the Orb Mantel episode. We'll, we'll do what we've been doing. I'll yeah. start going, and then if you guys have a question, interject, and I will uh, stop and, and see if I can answer it. Do like I, a regular show. Do I have to raise my hand? No, just jump in there. Okay. Do what I do. Interrupt people rudely <laughs> and start talking for a long time. So this book is really strange to me because it starts off on Yavin 4 again. The kids are off. Some of them are running around and just playing in the pool. And some of them are just swinging on vines. And some of them are training on lightsaber battles. Like summer things. camp. It, that's exactly what it is. I couldn't <laughs> think of the right way to describe it, but it's like summer camp. They're just kind of recklessly doing Jedi stuff for fun. <laughs> and it's never established Luke, that there's some kind of curriculum or structure. Luke sucks at his job. And like he does. Every, I'm going to get to that. Canon. I am I going it. to get to that very quickly. What hot you having for summer. <laughs> yeah. That's, it really is kind of like that. And you know what? Let's just jump right into this. Speaking of that. So it starts off and it's Jaina, I believe. She's running. She is... <laughs> It says that she's sprinting. Sprinting not from anything or anyone, but a feeling. She's running from some feeling that she has deep inside. <laughs> sprinting from a feeling. Sprinting from a feeling. Another 10,000 Maniacs album, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. So, Better fight for fighting single. <laughs> so we don't know why she's running. 15 miles on sprinting <laughs> She's running, and uh, it says that the rich, spicy scent of jungle foliage filled her lungs. Spicy. <laughs> Not to be confused with too drug spice. I was going to say that that jungle is a little too spicy. Spicy? Do you, wait a minute. Her when they were sauce. talking about the sauce being too spicy, does it mean that there was too many drugs in it? I, <laughs> I think that's the only thing it can mean, honestly. It was laced. So. Laced spaghetti sauce. Okay, so oh, yeah, okay. here's what it says. It says she was running not from her friends, not from an enemy, but from a feeling that she couldn't shake, a sense that something was not right. Um, which we learn is the fact that Anja is um, evil. So, <laughs> but I have to read this passage because she runs, she emerges from a forest and sees uh, a river. And this is begin passage. Near the water stood a boy about Jaina's age with a round face and spiky blonde hair. Beside him was a centauri form young woman whose rich cinnamon hair matched the color of her glossy... Okay. <laughs> Centauriform. You messed up the best part. I'm going to start over. <laughs> Beside him was a centauri form young woman whose rich cinnamon hair matched the color of her glossy flanks. 
<laughs> her, long, her long mane flowed down to her bare back. The two had been skipping stones on the water, but at Jaina's approach, the blonde-haired young man looked up. Okay, so yeah, the glossy this, flanks was the highlight of this. Is, that's just a centaur, right? Like, they just, it's just a, a woman with a horse body. You know how you're driving in, like, the shady part of town and you drive past the neon lights that say uh, glossy flanks all night? <laughs> <laughs> on Prime Rib Tuesday, they got glossy flanks. <laughs> yeah, it's... So there's centaurs in this book. There's apparently. centaurs, okay. and they got glossy flanks. What? Mm -mm. <laughs> That had nothing to do with anything, by the way. There was no... <clears throat> no payoff. No payoff to the glossy flanks. Those characters don't Great. come back. They talk Good. to them and nothing happens. <clears throat> so, she's running. We find out that Anja is super mean to everybody. She's been complaining about uh, the curriculum. Rightfully, so I'm going to take Anja's side on that one. <laughs> the weather, the food, the lessons, and the lack of entertainment. She's been complaining about these hey, things. Hey, go swing on a vine, Anja. Go swing on a vine. Actually, it seems like all that happens is entertainment. Find a, no actual schooling. Find a glossy flank, grab onto it, and swing. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so she's being mean, but what we find out is that she's being mean because she wants to bring out the dark side in these kids. Mm. So she wants to try to kind of jab at them and be super uh, negative to anything that they say. But it frustrates her because the kids are just really nice to her and they try to be her friend and they try to be understanding. So she finds herself endeared to these kids, which is making it harder for her to kill them. So she hates the Academy. Also, we find out that Jaina seems jealous of the attention that Anja gives Zek. So there's this is kind of new information for me, but Zek, I think, has kissed Jaina in a previous book in this series. And there was some romance that was brewing for maybe 11 books, and then Anja came in and, oh and ruined my. it. I, yeah. Glossy flanks. Va, 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 boom. Makeouts on the riverbanks. There was a while where Zek was a bad guy, though. So it exactly. probably hasn't been all 11 books. But hey, you know, Jaina likes the bad boys, apparently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she's jealous. She's yeah. jealous of Anja, and she suspects that something's not quite right with her. I love pre-prequel <clears throat> um, stuff about Jedi, because yeah. like there, there, there was not a thought in any writer's head that romance was going to be a non-Jedi thing. Like, you weren't allowed to have romance before before the prequels. These guys were just kissing it up yeah, on the riverbanks. No, like, like, yeah, they're all Jedi, but yeah, of course they can kiss. Yeah. Right. Well, that's a reasonable approach, <laughs> well, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> One of the worst passages in this book is about Zek. I'm going to read it now. This happens when they're at the riverside, because they all jump in and start swimming. Yay! And Anja gives uh, Zek maybe a dirty look at something he said, and Jane is jealous of the attention, but it says... Zack endured Anja's gaze without flinching, casually set down his stun stick, and reached back to retie the narrow thong that kept his hair in place at the nape of his neck. A symbolic gesture, Jason guessed. Zek's hair was as dark as his past, yet he had learned to control it, to put it behind him. Holy. Yikes. That's bad. It's, that's like something I would write, and that is not a that's it, not a compliment. It takes a special oh. person to use the word thong out of context of the underwear <laughs> like and so, think it and think that it's okay. There's so many other synonyms for thong. So many, use. so many things. String they could have said. <laughs> he could have. They could have said string, but they try to make his hair mullet a symbol of his dark past. But yeah, he has you a stone stick. It was a mullet you know how nineties? Oh, for sure it was. You know how like when uh when Citizen Kane he says Rosebud and they immediately explain what like Rosebud is right there, <laughs> just like right immediately. Like in this book, immediately like hey guys, this is symbolism right here. The characters know it, you know it. Let's just move on. That's is, yeah, they do that a lot. Where there could have been interesting subtext. Where like if if a fan had that theory, it's like I could see that. But they're just like, no, this is totally what's happening with his hair right now. <laughs> so basically, they're all having their love triangles and they're just broing out on Yavin 4 sometimes training a little bit <laughs> and um so Luke comes up Anja is training and she's had this she has this wild crazy fighting style that makes other kids nervous mm. she's training with Zek which makes Anja jealous I'm no makes Jaina jealous Luke comes up and is like what's this chick doing <laughs> so J Jason says she um has her own way of doing things Jason said kind of stubborn you know so I've noticed Luke said I spent several training sessions with her myself, and in spite of the talents you see in her, I haven't been able to make sense... I'm sorry. In spite of the talents you see in her, I haven't been able to sense any Jedi potential at all. She doesn't seem to make any connection with the Force. Hey, that doesn't mean it's not there, Jason said. Give her some time. She's had a tough life. Maybe it's just hidden somehow. Luke pursed his lips. Perhaps. 
But if it weren't for the fact that your father asked me to keep her here at the Academy as a special favor, I'm not sure I'd allow her to stay. She has a deep shadow inside her. Well, thanks for giving her a chance, Jason said. I'm sure you won't be disappointed. You are Jason Solo. If someone just tries hard enough, they could be a Jedi. <laughs> you know what? Jason's a cool guy. He's nice. He's nice to people. So I am a lot like him when I think Great. about it. Great. I can't wait for you to learn about what happens to Jason. Now that I think about it, he's my favorite character. Uh-oh. <laughs> should he not be? Oh, no. No, he shouldn't Because I really don't know what happens to him. Nope, that's Welcome great. Welcome to another episode of Jake's Bad Calls. <laughs> that's... Eight two one ninety seven ten. Call in. That's awesome. <laughs> so Luke sucks. He sees clearly. Person has no connection with the force. Has a dark shadow inside him. But he's like, but the kids like her, so it's fine. Go swing on vines and swing lightsabers at each other, and maybe accidentally cut someone's arm off, which has already happened. Right under my purview. <laughs> he sucks. He sounds. Right... I love Luke so much, but he sucks. Right it's now, not good. right now, he's the equivalent of the parent who sees their child like beating up kids on the other side of the playgrounds, like. Stop! <laughs> Quit! <laughs> and then just goes back to reading. He just has a lot of energy. <laughs> it also mentions, in addition to uh, Jaina running away from the dark side of the force, and she senses it somewhere, Tenelka, it, it describes it as a phantom force pain she's had ever since Anja arrived, which they compare to the phantom pain she had when she lost her arm. Great. So, um, now the plot of this book thrilled me. <laughs> I was so excited when this happened. I texted you guys. I threw confetti <laughs> over my own head. Did you have it with you or you have to go buy it? I always have confetti on my person. We've mentioned, I'm sorry, Riley has mentioned that in your Jedi Prince series, a cra- which is non-canonical, right. a crazy thing that happens is that, correct me if I'm wrong, Han and Leia get married in a theme park owned yeah. by Lando. Yeah. Okay. But that's non-canonical. Right. So I thought, a theme park owned by Han Solo, owned by Lando. How mm-hmm. crazy. Okay. I'm going to read you the plot of this book so lando lands on the planet and offers him a vacation uh-huh. the, apparently this is how every one of these young jedi knights book is someone's <laughs> like hey want to go on a vacation they're like yeah and then they solve a boxcar kids mystery so <laughs> that was so true by the way what you said on your um deadly apprentice what was it called the deadly hunter deadly hunter episode where you could put the mystery of that you it wouldn't work because the mystery of trouble on cloud city is not a great title <laughs> i kind of like it but mystery on cloud city would work yeah anyway okay so this is a pretty long path. This is like a page and a half here, but it's <clears throat> so good. Lando lands. Hey, what are you doing here? Jason asked. Are we going to Gem Diver Station? Zek added. I've never seen the place, but Jaina and Jason told me all about it. Lando laughed. <laughs> no, not quite. I'm glad you kids are all here, though, because I have an invitation for you. A business proposal, really. Jaina exchanged an intrigued glance with Tenel Cobb. We are prepared to assist you, Tenelka said. Loey rumbled in agreement. Lando grinned. As it turns out, I already talked to all your parents and got permission. Hey, that's great, Jason said. Yikes. <laughs> so creepy. <laughs> what is it you need from us? Zek asked. Some professional assistance from professional young people like yourselves. <laughs> but it's not <laughs> But it's not on Gem Diver Station. I've got the Koruska Gem mining operation running pretty well by itself. Right now, I'm on my way to Cloud City. Bespin, Gina said. You still own property there? Lando smiled. At the moment, quite a lot. You know how I am, always looking for some new way to make credits. I decided I needed to diversify my holdings a bit more. So I talked to one of my old smuggler buddies who lives on Cloud City, and we came up with the perfect investment. Tenelka's eyebrows rose as Lando spoke. Old smuggler buddy? Gina asked. Oh, don't worry. He's completely legit now, Lando said. He has a wife, two little girls, and all his investments are strictly on the up and up. What do you need us for? Zek asked again. Lando went on. Kojan and I are starting a line of high-tech family entertainment and amusement centers. We're putting the first one right in Cloud City. We're calling it Sky Center Galleria. Cloud City won't just be for gambling anymore. This place is going to have rides, restaurants, shopping, the neatest and slickest hollow mazes, experience chambers, every kind of thrill you can think of. I've been interested in this sort of thing for a long time. See, before you kids were even born, I looked into getting a place called Hologram Fun World as an investment. That's the name of the place. (laughs) Woo, it's all connected. That's the name of the place in the Jedi Prince series, Hologram Fun World. Kevin J. Anderson and Rebecca Moesta are big Jedi Prince fans. Apparently they are. No, 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 this is too good. We have to bring it into continuity. So, yes. Now I'm questioning everything I believe. Are those books canon? Uh, They might be. Oh, no. We may have been spreading lies on this podcast. The, the only other thing he said that kind of struck me because we just read Thrawn is he says, 
Sky Center Gallerina, <laughs> Gallerina <laughs> will have something for people of all ages, something for every human or alien in the galaxy. And it's so interesting to me because in Thrawn, alien is like, that's like a slur. Like, you don't right. just call somebody an alien. They call Thrawn that to, like, yeah. degrade him. So that is the most amazing pitch that I've ever heard in a book. Man, so I have literally one million questions <laughs> sure. in my first. Let's hear it. <laughs> is the old smuggler buddy. So that's the, is that all the context we're given is, like, he's good now because... Because like, he has kids. When, he has kids. When you have specifically two girls and... <laughs> you can't be and a you bad just, guy. Now, if it was one girl, I'd be like, hmm. <laughs> and you're just like, it's okay. All my investments are on the up and up now. Oh, I'll take your word for it. You were bad before, but now you have two kids and a wife. You wouldn't. How lie. could I argue? Okay. I know that's where I thought it was going to, that like everything's on the up and up. They're like, okay, we're going to find out this guy's bad. Well, that is not what we find out. Now, on the tally marks of original trilogy references... When Lando sees Anja, a teenager, mind you, I think, he says, well, hello, what have we here? Oh, no. He sure does. Shouldn't do that. Kisses her hand. Oh. Yeah, wait, she's supposed to be a teenager, right? Because, like, Yeah, Jason's young Jedi her. Knights, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, yeah, you're thinking, well, clearly this Kojan guy. It's spelled like C-O-J-A-H-N, so. There's a reason, like, Star Wars names are made fun of all the time. Like, they're they're just so bad yeah. most of the time. We'll get into that with Thrawn. Did, like, oh, one, of the, yeah. one of the crap. authors, like, have a Cajun mother, and, like, that's their tribute? <laughs> Cajun! <laughs> yeah. Well, you never find out his uh, racial descent, because he took a descent off of the balcony of a Cloud City oh, building. But he has what? two kids. They, uh, they find out that Kojan has committed suicide. No, I don't believe it. I don't believe well, it. Well, your instincts are just, you might be a young Jedi Knight, <laughs> my so friends. This YA book, I did just do some drugs earlier. This YA book <laughs> contains drug use and suicide. <laughs> We're off to a great start. Murder, drug use, suicide, all sorts of great stuff. Yeah, they said that he jumped off a balcony. Lando, he gets over this so quickly. <laughs> it's crazy. They land because Lando's like, I can't wait for you to see all the fun stuff. And the guards uh, are like, uh, your bro died. And he's like, that sucks. But anyway, kid, let's go see the park. <laughs> you know, it mentions that he's a little distraught. And they like, they're like, walking around. He's like, I don't know how we're going to finish the park without Kojan yeah, now. He's, the, he's just the investor. Lando doesn't care. But he, but he keeps talking about it. He's like, he was like my best friend. But anyway, here's the anti-gravity chamber, you know, <laughs> like all these so things. Does, does he uh, kill himself before we get into the main plot, main action? Like, is this is pretty early death, on? His death is the plot, right? It's the first thing that happens. Like, okay. they, within the first chapter, Lando comes and tells him about Cloud City, and they land, and there's trouble on Cloud City, oh. which is the titular <laughs> issue. They also mention something, which is like, I don't think that this needs to be explained. This, this strikes me as a thing that would never be explained in a current canon novel. But they, they say, Bespin spun so fast on its axis that each day was only 12 standard hours long. Jason estimated that he would need to sleep only every other night and a small part of the day. Visitors to Cloud City found that such a schedule kept the place bustling, frantic, and awake at all hours. That kind of, the, the fact that days are longer or shorter on different planets is not really a thing that seems like not it's addressed really. anymore. No, because I, who cares? I think I heard I kinda it. I kind of like that, though. It's, it's, yeah, it's neat. It makes, I like that description. It makes alien worlds more alien. So I think I that's, like that. I thought that's it was been cool. touched on. I think whatever the last book I read was, I forget what it was. Maybe. I don't know. Either way, in the new canon, it has been touched on briefly, but not to that extent. Maybe it was like, it'd be like three standard days on whatever, 24 hours. Did, yeah, so. did you know that a day on Venus is longer than a year on Venus? <laughs> yeah, you said this in the podcast without any I'm context. Kind I, of, again now. I'm kind of familiar. But I, think I just, I just thought I'd bring that different. up again. It's interesting. I refuse to look into it. <laughs> Another thing that, like, Tenelka is so... Like I said in the last episode, her only character trait is that she doesn't use contractions. <laughs> She's just like boring and straightforward. But the th she will often start a sentence by saying, ah, aha, ah, period, aha, period, and then say something really weird. That's how you know it's her talking and not anyone else. Exactly. It's, it's like an Animal Crossing. Yeah. How all the little characters have a weird little you yeah. know, chipper, the, right. the squirrel would say. Uh, they see thrantas, who are these bird-like creatures that fly around. Yeah, they look like, like manta rays. Exactly. Yeah. That's how they describe I them. Like Rays. And <laughs> Manta. Ray. <laughs> and so they uh, walk around. He's like, hey, Thrantas. Anyway. <laughs> all these little details are like, Kojan is a guy. Anyway. 
And so, of course, he's showing them all these different, like, this shoot goes on for seven hours. Here's an anti-gravity chamber. None of this stuff will come back later in the book for the climax. Anyway, and they see Ugnats. I, am I pronouncing that correctly? I've heard uh, Ugnats. 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 I like yeah. Ugnats a lot better from you. Yeah. I like throw a little, little flair on it. <laughs> yeah, you Ugnats. say potato, I say Ugnats. Ugnats. <laughs> Uh, they, who are described as ape-like, which was weird to me because do we have apes in Star Wars? Yeah, that is weird, and I wouldn't really call yeah, them ape-like. They're no, in... because I had to Google, because I'm not great at Star Wars creatures. I Googled them. They are the Cloud City yeah, aliens that yeah, are preparing in. the um, yeah. uh, Han Solo torture. Well, we know the affinity George had for, for little people, and they were really just little people with pig heads. That's true. With mullets, like Great pig, pig head mullets. Yeah, they're the ones who like want to, who are about to destroy three PO when Chewie finds them. Yeah, yeah. right. They're more. Yeah, they more look like pigs. pigs. To me. They literally, pigs, they literally apes. oinked yeah. in Empire. <laughs> if you remember, I would not call them ape like. I no. call them pig like. Well, hey, Kevin J. Anderson, Rebecca Molesta, ape like they say. And um, all the while, Anja is taking drugs and it's getting more into her mentality. Ooh. So what's interesting is. Um, she takes drugs and she says to herself, I can quit anytime I want, of course. <laughs> nice. you know, she's going through all of the cliche stuff that you read in, in kids' books about drug abuse. Lando picks up on this right away. It's really strange because they're all like at breakfast one morning, the day after his friend dies, and he's just like, let's get some pancakes. <laughs> they're waiting for Anja to arrive, and everybody's there, and they're like, where's our friend Anja? She's our friend. We love her. She's our friend. They always talk about how she's their friend. And... Lando's like, I think I know where she is. She's got a lot of energy, that one. And I'm like, ew, gross. But then Lando's Ooh, like, no, 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 boy. wait, let me explain, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, I was like so excited. I like, I highlighted this thing. I was like, I have to read this. And then in the next sentence, explained it. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> because it explained that Lando's gross. And they even mentioned like, yeah, he likes the ladies, you know, Jaina says. And it's like, why do you know that about Lando? Yeah, that's, you're a teenager. That's not good. So... He's like, I thought you guys knew already. She totally does all the drugs all the time. <laughs> she does not display any signs of somebody not doing drugs. <laughs> so so they're like, what? She wouldn't do drugs. And when she walks in, they're like, hey, um, do you do drugs? And she's like, no. What are you talking about? Those aren't my drugs. And she's like, well, we didn't say you had drugs. We were just wondering if you did them. It's like, bah. That's the only time that they address her drug use in the rest of the book. She just does them, and they're like, I think she does drugs, and they're like, yeah, it's kind of weird, but they're like cool with her. Like, oh, so, well. were there still no open condemnation from the uh, the narrators or anybody? <laughs> no, no, this is definitely an anti-drug book, and it oh, deals good. with her um, addiction and her trying to convince herself. I mean, I honestly would say that a highlight of this book is getting in Anja's head and kind of her constant struggle against these kids save like jason saves her life at some point and she really wrestles with that and how nice they are to her all the time she's trying to justify a way to kill them mm -hmm. and yet and when she's on drugs she can see that she like is motivated to kill them it, so that part's good that part's a good I, part i wonder of if like their editor read the last book and said hey maybe in the <laughs> next one you guys should say you should tell kids that drugs are bad i was just gonna say exactly that because <laughs> it is like from page one, it's like, guys, drugs are bad. Don't worry. We know that they're bad, and we're going to say that they're bad. That is a really weird oversight. That's like just not flushing after you poop and wondering where the smell came from. <laughs> <laughs> and just like, why didn't you check that? Another patented GMT analogy from Isaac Rexiner. Hey, everybody. I Rex on Twitter. So in the in the spirit of giving really convenient information, doesn't like in like in Wayne's world, doesn't Chris Farley play a character that conveniently like rolls up and gives him a bunch of exposition? Yeah. 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 Well, this does this unironically. So they're walking by um, the workers working on this under-construction amusement park. It's not open yet, but remember, he wants them to test the rides and use their Jedi senses to detect any um, malfeasances or bad parts of the <laughs> that construction. That is to hire, like, a mechanic. <laughs> that is oddly... Lando. But they're Jedi senses. They <laughs> can sense just... the trampolines aren't built right. So they're, they're passing oh. the workers, working on the rides, and all of the workers are... Ugnots or Ugnots, depending on your nationality and uh, local accent. What? And they mention, uh, he's like, hey, where's Frankie Bits, the uh, <laughs> master worker? And they're like, oh, he was fired. Uh, and it was really weird, and nobody has seen him. Goodbye. Uh, <laughs> no. And you're like, okay. They don't address that for a while, but you're like, okay, another plot detail I'm going to write down in my notes for the podcast. <laughs> the guy that took his place is like some weird guy. Like Lando's like, I've never heard of that guy. But anyway, here's a trampoline. They, all the while, are thinking, we need to investigate this murder because we definitely think it's a murder. 
Kojan has two girls. He would never kill himself or do anything bad because he has kids. So they're convinced that it's a murder, and they're like looking as they're touring this amusement park. They're looking around and thinking, "Okay, we we need a clue." They tour the climateria. Now the climateria expound. <laughs> nope. Uh, no, no. So this is interesting. They have twelve distinct climates that can replicate every smell, every like Ooh. the climate, of course. The environment, <laughs> Riley's face. He's shaking his head so hard. What is this? It's, <laughs> this book is exactly what I hoped it would be as soon as I found out there was an amusement park owned by Lando Calrissian. Do I like Star Wars? I'm really questioning I don't a lot know. of things today. Oh, when I read that Thrawn book, I wondered the same thing. Uh, so, spoiler alert. Or you've already heard it. I don't know when this is coming out. So, <laughs> It's like Schrodinger's uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you, Dr. Manhattan? So, basically... Speaking of original trilogy references, um, Lando's like, yeah, I can replicate any climate, such as a swamp. And Tenelkaz says, I remember Luke that trained on a swamp called Dagobah. Let's go to the swamp. I'd love to pretend to be Luke because he's our best friend and we know all his exploits. So they go to the swamp area. Now, this is where things get truly outrageous. So they go there and there's hologram projections of creatures. They can replicate everything, including the smells, but they can only replicate the creatures via holograms and i was for safety well but no you're wrong because (laughs) what what i thought is the whole thing was a hologram yeah is that what you would think sure okay like like holodeck from star trek no they like went to the uh (laughs) the sony lot and built a (laughs) stage a sound stage and then they just changed the weather like they yes turned the humidity up (laughs) that's exactly what it is (laughs) so they have like synthetic um, mud that they made and stuff that he's describing how they made the mud. It's like a Michael Crichton book. Like, That's who cares? A great grunge band of synthetic mud. Synthetic mud. <laughs> I do like that. Well, speaking of bands, mm. so they go there and there's a stage because they want each of these 12 little sectors to equally be entertaining for people to hang out in. Each one's like its own little Jurassic Park. And so you can smell the, the spicy scented jungle air if you want to. <laughs> well, they see an empty stage. And Lando's like, yeah, we'll have people who play gigs here, but obviously we're not open yet, so people don't play gigs here yet. Um, we were going to book a gig, but then Kojan died. That bummed me out. He sure liked music. And one of the Ugnat workers says, um, excuse me, but uh, somebody totally did play a gig here already. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> to what, an empty swamp that's fake? He's like, yeah, they just wrapped up their gig last night, and then they left really abruptly. Is this stuff that's happening? I feel like I'm in a dream or I know. The whole book is like that. The whole book is like, what? Okay. Who would you guess the band is? The Modal Nodes. It is Finger and Dan. Oh, and the nice. Modal nice. Uh, it's all connected. <laughs> now, I'll be honest with you, because I'm not a real fan, I didn't know that was the name of the Cantina band. Mm-hmm. So I looked it up, and I was like, Holy crap, that is the Cantina Band. I, I thought I'd heard it before. And, and they're Biff. Yes. From Back to the Future. <laughs> they're Biff from Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah, they're all that collectively. Yes. And um, so, yeah, the Ugnat says, they left really abruptly and weirdly, like they were in a hurry or something. And Lynn was like, that's kind of weird. Maybe they know something. Maybe they saw something about this murder and they were afraid. So the gang splits up, basically. And part of them stay on Cloud City to investigate what leads they can find there, and part of them go to the Bith homeworld of Clactor 7. Nice. The most sci-fi sounding name to a planet. Clactor! It says this about the Bith. The musical prowess of Bith band members is renowned throughout the New Republic, Tenelka said. They travel widely, taking their entertainment talents to numerous venues. There is little reason to travel to Clactor 7 to hear Bith music, since their bands are easily found in many fine establishments. That was her dialogue, not narration. Oh, <laughs> wow! So we, many fine establishments. Now, a real person. If would we're say going it. back teenagers to talk, if, yeah, <laughs> a bunch of young people. If we're talking Lemony Snicket, that kind of sounds to me like a Lemony Snicket character that comes in and speaks in exposition. Exactly. <laughs> like that's the. It seems like it's making fun of Star Wars books. This whole book, <laughs> to be honest with you, but it's real. Well, I think it's mighty suspicious that they packed up in such a hurry and went to Cloud City right after Kojon vanished. We need to track down Finger and Dan and the modal nodes and see what they can tell us. So, <laughs> isn't it Figrin? It is Figrin, nope. Dan. How is it spelled? I thought it was F-I-G. It's F-I-G. I'm 98% oh. sure. Oh. 
Figrin. Figrin it's hard to say figrin is what it I'm going to say. It's, it's, it's not a real word, so. Yeah. It's hard to say words that aren't real, <laughs> except I do it on accident all the time. So anyway, yeah. Now, I have to pull a how did this get made and do a corrections and omissions segment Uh-oh. because I said something that was incorrect in the last episode. I probably said many things that were incorrect. How dare you? But that one know, time. We're always 100% right about all the things that we say about Star Wars. Um, no, but th- this was important. I was really confused because, and I'm still confused, I thought this cleared it up and then later in the book it confused it again, but in the last episode I said that it was really weird because um, Sezethro said to Lil' Kim, did you tell Anja that I work for Black Sun? He's like, nah dog, it's cool. Sezethro's like, good. But I was confused because Anja knows that Sezethro's is evil, so why, and they both want Han Solo dead, so why would she care? So I was wrong about that. He didn't care if she knew that he worked for Black Sun. He cared that she did not find out that he was the one promoting the Civil War on her own planet. That he was kind of keeping it going mm. to keep Lil' Kim's weapons thing going because it was benefiting him. So mm. I, I missed that part of it. I don't think it was explained very well, but they clarify it in this book. <laughs> so that's... It's another note from the editor. And it's really funny. Yeah, <laughs> Honestly, it's funny. A lot of the things like the narration in this book explaining the last book are just things that are blatantly not true like how han thwarted all of her plans which right. is like that, that's not really what happened sorry isaac i cut you off I'm just taking an aside i are we still in like the montage of what's going on in like this uh, big amusement park is there actually a plot going on yet yeah this is the plot is they're trying to investigate the murder <laughs> we're almost done <laughs> the murder that is a suicide who who died was Kojan. i not listening yeah Kojan. you weren't kojan died uh-huh he, uh, he and, committed and every- suicide but it wasn't they think, Everybody they say, is saying we don't believe that it's suicide because he has kids. Because he has kids. Yeah, you were listening and you reacted to it in the moment, and then I think you forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I tune myself out, guys. Just keep going. <laughs> we do too. Don't worry. <laughs> no. So they they start splitting off the um, narrative into the. It's really like Empire guys because they split off the main cast, <gasps> and it's on Cloud City, <gasps> and one of them gets her arm chopped off. <laughs> Wait, that already happens. Um, so. Pre-sliced. They find the Bith band, Figurandan, and the modal nodes. They hear and follow the sounds of their music. Oh, while they're in the swamp fake world, Anja, they're climbing trees like all young Jedis do, and Anja falls, and Jason and Tenelka save her, which endears her to them even more, making her more internally conflicted about killing them. So, Cezethros and Anja are still occasionally convening together, He's like, I'll give you some drugs. You're doing great work. I don't know what work she's doing. She'll say to him, I'm doing everything you ask. And he's like, yes, get back to work. What work is she doing? She's just following them around and being mean. And what he (laughs) says to her is, I'm going to hire assassins of mine that I have on Cloud City to kill them. She is an assassin that he has hired. I don't get it. What is she doing for him? It is funny. Like, you're doing great work. I'm going to sub out the work you're supposed to be doing right now. <laughs> I don't know what work. She's not doing anything. She's just chilling with the Jardar Nards. The Jardar Nards? The Jardar Nards. And, yeah, so that's super weird. But she's getting Jardar more drug Nardard. supply from him. And that's what's driving her to keep working for him. And she wants more drugs. So, um, which, once again, the kids haven't really confronted her on too much. No, she got real mad when they did before. Who so was like, We'll just let her keep doing drugs. It's probably fine. Lando and Jaina and who cares or knows? I wouldn't say Part Jaina of them, with Lando. Well, happens a lot in this book. So <laughs> they go to Clackdoor uh, and they knock on the front door <laughs> of the Biff and they're like, what's up, guys? And they give the Biff this like jazz man kind of voice. Boop. It's a little weird. So, like, all Bith are jazz players. Mm-hmm. But that probably means it's racist. It, it 100% means yeah. that. Oh, no. <laughs> They're in the bayou. Okay. Oh, yeah, no. They live in the bayou. And it's called, oh, oh, I missed the thing that's so great. The Swamp World is called the Bayou Buffet in space. That's it's called the Bayou Buffet. <laughs> There's a character awful. named Cajun in this book, guys. What did you expect? <laughs> so bad it's kind of true deceptively really deceptively good writing i didn't even pick up on the bayou part of it but yeah so all of the yeah. biff live in a bayou swamp they all have like a jazz man cadence to their voice Bull. and like okay so lando's like my bro kojan not cajun <laughs> died do you know anything about that 
and they say, man, that's a sad song. Oh. And it goes a little something like this. And they tell them what they saw and what happened through song. Ah! <laughs> 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 this, book, this book is amazing. Um, I just... Remember, that, remember all the don't like it. The, remember the stupid fuss the Star Wars Twitter made over AP Five having the first musical number in Star Wars turned out dead wrong. Do totally people wrong. not like that? This is beautiful. I am in a world all my own. I do not feel alone. It's easy to see. I fit perfectly. In this wonderful, beautiful city. Oh, oh, no, 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 go away. That was like um, my favorite. That might be oh, my favorite I, moment from I Rebels. I love that episode so much. That's so good. It was I so never watched different. it. Oh, I missed a week of Rebels, and oh. I was like, I'll get it around. I was going to say, I love musicals. I'm sure yeah, I like it. Oh, it's, it's good. It's non-essential, but it's so good. Yeah, it's real it's good. My, I'm sure my like favorite it. non-essential Rebels episode. Ooh, that's high praise, because some of their non-essential episodes, <laughs> I cannot talk. <laughs> non-essential, <laughs> non-essential episodes are really good. Yeah. Um. Anyway, now, cut back to kids playing on trees and not really investigating a murder. Whoosh. This exchange happens, which might be the worst exchange ever written in a book. <laughs> Boy, fuck now it's up. after Andre has fallen off the trees, <clears throat> and they try to make light of the situation. Jason waggled his eyebrows. <laughs> I guess maybe we should get back to our roots then. Tenelkan nodded. Andre smiled. It's too bad. Just when I was starting to branch out, Jason ah! went on. Loey groaned. All right, all right, Jason shot him a mischievous grin. I know it goes against the grain, but maybe we should all leaf now. Loey grumbled a half-hearted protest, reluctantly swung off his branch, and began clambering back down the tree. Yes, Tenelka said slowly. I would advise climbing down immediately. Oh. Great, Anja said. I think that's a vine idea. Tenelka stared at her in surprise. Loey gave a curious growl. Jason's mouth fell open. It's certainly more advisable than risking life and limb, MTD added ex oh. unexpectedly, shocking them all into amazed laughter. So why Why did this exist? <laughs> why? Because it, they're, they're young people. They're having a good time. I'm not talking anymore. <laughs> what? Who, who is this a good time for? This is not This is not what children do. I've never met a single child in my life who just... It, you know, we are the most hypocritical people in the world because I love, this is basically I, our podcast. Yeah, no, I love making puns, puns usually, but for some reason, that's just and that's they just against the grain. I, I read it like that. They, but, <laughs> didn't even catch. We that. should all leaf now. <laughs> yeah, they italicize all of the puns too. You we, guys thought I didn't like it. You guys are just a bunch of saps. I like, love it. <laughs> <laughs> now we're having fun. <laughs> I just feel like we I just uh, really wanted to stick it to you guys with this little bit that I'm doing. Jake yeah. went back to reading. He uh, so um, he dipped out on that bit. Oh, okay. Photosynthesis. So, after they, <laughs> after they seed the. I don't know. You're being awfully sequoia about this. <laughs> it's pine with me. <sighs> Your face is red, Wood. Canadian maple. I was just about to say maple. We should. Are you guys being Douglas for for real? No. <laughs> so what the fuck? What the fuck? You the power? So what? The other, the other kids who are on the planet making puns. They see the Ugnat foreman who was supposedly fired. And they're like, hey, wait a minute. That guy who somebody mentioned earlier. <laughs> so they tail him, thinking that he hasn't noticed. But he lures them into a trap. And when they're trying to run away from this trap, they do the Empire thing and they go down the garbage chute. <laughs> and as you do. As one does. <laughs> and they're all hanging. Like, they, you know, they've, it's the exact same thing where they're hanging on to the antenna underneath it. And they're all hanging on Lobaka. And Jason falls. Uh-oh. End of chapter. <gasps> he was hanging on to Tenelka. Tenelka. Why didn't she grab him with her other? Oh. It's funny you say that. <laughs> this brings us to the best part of the book. I'm going to read this because I thought this was a good passage. Mm -hmm. And I want to give old Anderson and Moesta credit where credit is due. And it confirms to me that they can write good stuff 
when they try. They just don't try very often. Because this scene, honestly, the way it's written is pretty tense. Um, and so Tenoka, while this is happening, is really beating herself up. It says, a long time ago, if she hadn't been trying so hard to impress Jason when they'd first built their lightsabers, her pride would not have led her to fight him with a substandard weapon, would not have led her to the accident in which her arm had been lost, an arm that would have been there to save Jason from his fall had it not been for her own foolishness. She should have been there to catch him. Tenelka had failed Jason. Why had she simply not told him how much his friendship meant to her? Tenelka's sweaty hands slipped in Loi's grasp. With a harsh bark of warning, Lobaka extended his razor-sharp Wookiee claws and dug them deep into her arm. He would not let her fall. She winced, distracted from the torturous thoughts, and welcomed the pain that brought her mind back to sharp reality. The warrior girl looked up into Loi's golden eyes and saw there a reflection of her own anguish and something more. Determination. Determination to stay alive. Determination not to lose another friend. Determination to warn Jaina, Zek, and Lando that their lives were in danger too. Determination to find whoever had done this and bring them to justice. Blood trickled from the deep wounds where Loi's talons fiercely dug into her skin. Through the force, she felt his resolve flow into her like the warm blood that poured down her arm. The wind made her red gold braids whip wildly around her and caught the droplets of blood spattering them across her face. The braids of a warrior, the blood of a princess. I thought that was pretty that's good. Not, that's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. It would mean more if Jason had actually died, which we know he doesn't. Like, Spoiler alert, guys, he does not die. <laughs> but no, that's I like that section. And honestly, the, the fallout from that is pretty good, too. <laughs> oh! Whoa, 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 whoa. When they're all grieving, it's really good. And Anja is fighting a lot of mixed emotions because she thought that she wanted him dead. But now that she thinks he's dead, she's really beating herself up and she's crying and like has really conflicted emotions and she's jonesing for more drugs, but she doesn't have any. And it's like, it's actually pretty well done. It cuts <laughs> to a chapter from, from this chapter um, to Jason's point of view. And it mentions in all these books that Jason has a love of animals. Yeah, he's got a strong connection. Kind of like Ezra and Rebels. Oh, I was about to say the same yeah. thing. There's a That's lot kind in, of inspiration for Ezra. There's a lot in common I was noticing. Yeah. The, all the main characters get a lot more to do. I think because there's less characters to keep track of in this book than the last one. Yeah. Um, so, they, and they mentioned in this book, which you're thinking, well, that's going to come into play, even though it didn't in the last book. So as he's falling, he sees a Thranta. Nice. And so you're thinking, oh, cool, he's going to use his animal powers to call the Thranta. Um, and he yells, help! And there's a person riding the Thranta. <laughs> And he hears them. <laughs> oh, come on. And he saves him. I that know. That would have been so cool. What a missed opportunity. I, yeah. I got excited. I was like, this book is kind of getting cool. Yeah. Now, there's just a guy. Now, in the spirit of Kim's in these books, this guy's name, the writer of the Thranta, is M. Kim. M. Kim? M. Apostrophe Kim. 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 Do they? And the answer is no. Do half of these Star Wars writers read their work out loud? No, <laughs> never. I think that's a big problem. Yeah. It's an important thing when you're writing to you read it out be loud. Able to say the name. You have to be able to say the name. The dialogue has to, you know, sound like real people are saying it. And I don't think a lot of writers do. Well, that. this yeah. was before the Destiny. This was before uh, Destiny's Child released their hit single "Say My Name." <laughs> that's and a so, good point. But it is after. If that had been out, they would have been like, "Say My Name." Oh, great idea! That's a really good point. However, Thanks, Beyonce. It is after Hanson's hit "Mbop," so maybe that's where they got inspiration. <laughs> they got the inspiration, but they didn't check themselves. No, they didn't. They were in the purgatory that was between "Mbop" and "Say My Name," but it was. Before a terrible time, in it was before kids bop, but after bop it, <laughs> <laughs> the Thranta writer M. Kim <laughs> says, um, "Can't take the name seriously." He saves Jason, and you know Isaac, how you were mentioning how at some point in these books, there's always or like in a Law and Order episode, conveniently the right character is like the bad guy is in the same place as the good guys. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this person who happened to save Jason saw everything that happened. With the murder of oh, Kojan, nice. handy. It, it's very convenient. So they fly. He flies him to this like algae planet. It's, it describes algae sacks, which I don't know what those are. <laughs> nope. It describes them. Not interested. And they talk for a while, and, and this M. Kim is like, I saw the whole thing go down. There were these two thugs and a main guy, <laughs> and the main guy had a cyborg visor around his eye and green hair. Cezethros. Oh no, that's what he looks like. That's what he looks I forgot like. Forgot what he looked like. It's like they're like how to make it more extreme. <laughs> <laughs> they're like Zack Snyder. These writers. 
Now he they're also like see those things over there? Those things are called Velkers and they're like evil Thrantas. Oh. Um, anyway, moving on. <laughs> More in, information. We are nearing the end of the book, and I, I apologize for how long this is. But this is the show, so I don't know why I'm apologizing. This is what we do on <laughs> the sorry, EU episodes. I'm sorry you to us for so long, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Sorry, guys. Um, oh, it's pretty metal. Look at, uh, there's the Zethros right there, guys, on an old... He is literally metal. ...trading card game card. Oh, wow. That's not what I envisioned in my head. His hair isn't green in that. I don't know. That's the, that, one of the old trading card games. That is so kind of... 90s. It's totally 90s. It wow. is... Let's make him Borg, but cool. <laughs> <laughs> Let's slick back the one side of hair that he has. And it's... What's really strange is that... Han briefly mentioned to the kids that there was a guy named Cezethros who's a bounty hunter and Han Solo's past we tangled with and that now he's just a businessman on Orb Mantel. He's like, hopefully we don't run into that guy. But he never describes them to him. But Jason's like, oh, a guy with a cyborg guy in green hair? That's Cezethros. to be him. How does he know who, what Cezethros looks the like? The Force. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Maxi Big. That must be... Or Big in this book. Big. Big. Hanson, come on the show. <laughs> so, getting into stray observations is that they say blaster bolts instead of, like, heck. Like, Bl- like blaster bolts. I've done that in my youth. Well, don't they usually say, like, blast in Star That's Wars? Kind well, of like... Which seems to be more... I mean, I can take that. It's but see, as... this is a clunky way of saying it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah adding that the nobody said the out loud. It's like saying blast's last name. I'm kind of like... That's one... <laughs> That's like one charming thing that I kind of like about Star Wars is the replacing swear words with like criff and blast. And like, uh, like SpongeBob. That. I was like barnacles. Right. Yeah. yeah. I like I, a small part but of me actually likes that. I kind of like yeah. it. But yeah. Blaster bolts is a little. Like no, that's, that's clunky. But you're that's not allowed clunky. to. You're, you're allowed to say the D and the H word in Star that's Wars. Right. It, only if you're Harrison Ford. Everybody lands back on the same planet, and um, Tenelka, Loi, and Jason, um. They once again split up for some reason. They keep splitting up, and I don't quite understand their strategy. They uh, encounter wing guards. Do you know what those are? Wing guards? Wing oh, guards. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, uh, are they the guards on Cloud City? Is yeah, I can look one up, are? but yeah, they were the ones who are walking behind Bo- They're the ones like pushing uh, Han Solo and Carbonite. They're walking with Boba Fett. Okay. All right. That's kind of what I was thinking. Blue outfits, Normally, blue hats. Yeah. Normally, they're good guys on Cloud City, so they're... You know, Jason's like, okay, I have official proof that Cesaros did this. We gotta find, we gotta go to the database and see if we can find evidence that he was here. And so that's their plan. Um, and uh, so they go, they're running around. They run into wing guards. They're like, "Hey, good guys!" And they start shooting at them. They're like, "Bad guys!" <laughs> and um, so they run away from the wing guards, and they encounter, for literally no reason, the chameleon creatures from the last book. Now. I want people to know, I know I'm a noob when it comes to Star Wars, they are literally just called chameleon creatures in these books, <laughs> which has a name for everything except for breakfast. Mm. They also don't have a name for these chameleon creatures. The ones that, when they fought them and they died, the Black Sun logo yeah. with designs around it appeared on them. Um, so they encounter them, and they don't fight them. They're just around, and it's kind of creepy. I'm about to read you the most Star Wars-y sentence that's ever been written. Yes. You ready? Mm-hmm. The energy blade severed the heavy Durasteel brace as easily as if it were a hot knife slicing through Ithorian sap gelatin. Oh, that Ew. was that was cooked perfectly. It's an Ithorian sap gelatin. Oh, that was They're like algae sap. I know all of those words separately, but together it's really Smoke unpleasant. Smoke rising, charred on the outside, pink on the inside, <laughs> so juicy and what plump. are you describing? <laughs> Ithorian sap gelatin. Uh, the Ithorian gelatin. sack monster. <laughs> um, so basically. This is kind of the end of the book, is they're all fighting off evil Ugnats, or Ugnats, and um, wing guards. Um, there's a cool scene where Loey um, lures them. He's, like, trying to get some of the bad guys off his back. They're riding in cloud cars, some of them, are you know, like the cars that escort yeah. the Falcon in. Um, so the final battle is they go like to Cloud City, and they, two-way battle, basically. they fight wing guards and Ugnats. <laughs> that sounds like a really lazy, like, Star Wars video game on, like, Super Nintendo. Well, that's exactly like, what this is. Well, yeah, okay, guys, we're on Cloud City, so they're just going to, like, it's a side-scroller scroll- where you just 
you have yeah. to fight off a bunch of wing guards and upnox because they live there. Yep. So what why not? Be there? That's exactly what this is. And the final boss is going to be Boba Fett because he was there once, I guess. I will say <laughs> he is not in this book. Hey, in a that, rare form of restraint. That, I was going to say that probably took everything they had. <laughs> it really did. The the Velkers come back. They love storms, and which M. Kim mentions to Jason earlier. So he's like, I have an idea. And so they're uh, riding in a ship and they lure the bad guys, the last couple of bad guys into a storm. And, you know, Tunnel Cause like, you are crazy. I don't use, con- I do not use contractions. <laughs> and um, he's like, I have an idea. So the Velkers start attacking them instead. Now the animal thing comes into play. Ooh. And he does a Jedi mind trick on the Velkers to get them to attack the bad guys. So that was interesting. Is that how the That's Force works? Cool, I guess. But it was... Well, the thing I was like, is that how the Force works? I mean, it's kind of like when Ezra was convening with those Force spiders that the Bendu had underneath his belly. Yeah, would, there was a little bit more nuance, though, to that whole thing. Yeah, I agree. I would describe is, it as a mind trick, really. Yeah, It is but, described as a basically as a mind trick in this book because he's like, we are not your enemy. They are your enemy. Go chase them. And they do. Mm-hmm. So it's a little weird. A- any questions about this book? Why? I know I, I know I skipped past something that was funny and important. And I'm trying to. What's where's the bridge to the next story? Where did we build that? What's yeah? Is there a preview it for what happens really, next? Like because well, the next one has to. They have to finally confront Anjo, right? Jake, I knew I is forgot. making the most violent body motion and indicating he's remembered something from previous. <laughs> okay, well I, I forgot to tell you Talking the sad song that the Bith sang. Oh boy. Well, part of this, it, you know, it was like a blues song. Please sing it. I hate gangsters that don't have budget payment plans. He continued. Once Kojan died, we knew Black Sun would tighten its grip on us, apply more pressure. One time, they put stinger eels inside the mouthpieces of all our instruments. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a prank, bro. <laughs> now, I don't know if it's the last in this. Well, it's a trilogy, so I guess it's the last in this trilogy. It's not the last Young Jedi Knights book. Yeah. Well, was it's the called... last one the last one the first of a trilogy? So this is the second of the trilogy. So where's the third of the trilogy? Well, I was literally just about to say it. <laughs> I don't believe you. Continue. <laughs> this is what I have to put up with. It's called Crisis at Crystal Reef. Ooh, alliteration. I kind of like that. Yeah. Already. Chuck Wendig alert. Um. Andra Galandra planned to destroy the Solo family, but now she fights an intense inner battle against her growing spice addiction and her growing friendship with Jason and Jaina. She no longer knows where her loyalties lie. In desperation for spice, she steals a ship and flees the Jedi Academy. The young Jedi Knights give chase, following her from the spice mines of Castle to the dangerous paradise of Crystal Reef. But Anja has been a pawn all along in a game that is much bigger than all of them, and they just landed in the middle of it. Dot, dot, dot. More like Crisis at Crystal Meth. <laughs> the way it really ended is that they all went back to um, Yavin 4, and they started swinging on vines and hanging out, and they're like, hey, you want to be friends with us, Anja? And she's like, nah, I'm going to be sad over here by this tree. <laughs> and that's how it ends. So is... <laughs> like... I'll give you the short version. So is the the main goal of the antagonists just to take over the galaxy? Is that what Cezetherus wants ultimately? Oh, good point. Okay, we should get into a couple. I know I forgot stuff. So, yeah, he wants, he wanted to control, I can't believe I didn't say this. Yeah, so obviously at the end of the book, Lando and his group are leading the bad guys through all of the little amusement park things. And they're getting them trapped in the, the vortex wheel and the anti-gravity chamber. I guess, well, they said the anti-gravity chamber isn't working. So all the things that he was walking them through earlier come back. Good screenwriting, which is not screenwriting because it's a book, <laughs> but good writing that did not appear in Ord Mantell. Nothing tied into each other at all. Right. So this was a little better at that. Um, he wanted to control Cloud City because he wanted to control all not only this new amusement park, but all of its gambling. So he was trying to muscle his way in, um, Black Sun, muscle them into the um, you know profits of Cloud City, basically. So he just wants a bunch of moolah, but he basically, Anja tries to stop him at one point and says, you didn't need to send assassins to kill those kids. I could have done it totally. And he's like, well, it's too late now. My plan's already in motion. My plan is something or other. You'll find out in the next book. So did, so did uh, Cajun kill himself? I, I forgot that <laughs> detail. Are you for real? <laughs> I, 
I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> you're not. You're not kidding. No, he's not kidding. He's my, been stated uh, several times. No, my short Zedro, so you looked up on your phone, killed him. That's why we brought him up. It wasn't a suicide, huh? M. Kim saw the whole thing. My short-term memory is uh. Are you again. Are you okay today? Are you I, having? Uh, I sure hope so. Okay. Boy, let's keep a let's keep a pulse on on Isaac. We can record the next one at the hospital. <laughs> That's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to step on Jake's toes. I'm. <laughs> Just Don't. die at home in peace, Kojan. <laughs> I guess it wasn't peaceful. Is that okay? So are you are you done, Jake? Is that uh? Unless yeah, you guys I have any questions, points? I think that's no, basically I, it. I like it. It's yeah, been a while. I, uh, I would rather not ask. I want to be surprised. So um, if that's it, then I guess we're gonna wrap things up. It's been another great week of minor moth talking in the know. in the old EU. See, I said it right, Jake. Yeah. Happy? Yay! Good. <laughs> Good. Okay, so if you want to reach us, guys, just uh, reach out, touch the uh, cyberwaves at Grand Moff Talking on Twitter, no apostrophe, at IREC on Twitter, at Jacob Kreitz on Twitter, at Riles Bowman on Twitter. If you Please want to email us, send us an email. We have an email, guys. We did. On our next main episode, we will get into We that got an email, email. But it's from a person we know. It's not quite as cool. It's not as exciting. Yeah, it's not as exciting. Don't as... pull the rug out from the magic carpet behind us. What? Now, I don't know why you said that or what it meant. But thank you for your contribution. I, I to the attribute to my short-term memory loss. So, guys, those are the places that you can reach us, and we hope you uh, join us. We we love you for joining us the way you have, and we pray that you continue. We <laughs> don't. We do. We pray that. <laughs> I guess. No. <laughs> I guess praying in the mildest sense of that word. I'm just. Listen to our stupid show. Listen so, to the show. For another week of Minor Mop Talking, it's been delicately curated, short-form discussion of the internationally beloved Star Wars Expanded Universe tailored to the modern Jake, who is now texting someone because of the end of the episode, and uh, it was brought to you lovingly in this week's increment by the loquacious yet soothing voice of your texter in crime, Jake. Hey, guys, I'm texting. Yeah. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Um, you can cut out this silence. It's, um... I'm gonna double it. There's so many notes. Oh my gosh, I'm sure I'll find it eventually. I thought I wrote it right up top. Guys, 8219710. Call in right now. <laughs> nope, I'm going to find Please it. Please help. I'm going to find it. Um, you can cut out this silence. It's. Um...